We are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are watching us live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, whether you are listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And I want to remind you of something that the mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. And my challenge to you today is to keep your mind wide open. And what I will guarantee you is if you keep your mind open, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will help you win at the game of life. I've been looking forward to chatting and connecting with my special guest today. We've been having some great conversations over the last couple of months. So I thought, hey, we need to make this live. We need to share. We need to give people a peek behind the curtain. My guest in the huddle today is a Western Mustangs football alum. He is a Ivy grad and he's been a business leader at multiple companies over the last 20 years. My guest in the huddle today is Adam McLeod. How are you today, brother? Things are great. Uh, looking forward to and excited to this. Yeah, definitely. This, yeah. Well, hey, brother, you know, the first thing before we get started, and one thing I always like to do in the huddle is to send some gratitude. I know that you have a lot of irons in the fire, you know, you have a lot of things that you're working on. So I just want to thank you for being able to create and hold some space with me today. And I'm really enthused for our, our conversation to see where it goes. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. <laughs> so brother, in the huddle, what I love to do at first is always remind people that life is a game and that games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious. What is a interesting fact? Some may call it a quirk that maybe a lot of people don't know about you that you would be open to sharing with our community. Yeah, um, well, I, I think that I am a, uh, a different thinker and a dreamer. Uh, so I look at uh, the glass half full and uh, what could we do to overflow it? Uh, and I think uh, in, in a 10x mentality, a lot more than others. So uh, really trying to stretch and really trying to, to grow and, and think differently. And what if we could 10x uh, this thing that we're working on? So, so I would say that's one thing just from a diversity of thinking perspective is incremental small little gains uh, don't interest me that much. Getting a home, hitting a home run over singles is something that, that gets really exciting. And why wouldn't we 
in, in work, in life, in relationships, swing for the fence and, and be okay with the strikeout. Cause as you swing for the fence, you're likely going to strike out a little bit more. So, so I think that's one thing from a mentality perspective is playing big, uh, swinging for the fences and, and really trying to go for it and dream is, is something that, that people might not know about me, you know, on the surface. I love that. And it's a great reminder on the power of thinking in possibilities, right? What if? Okay. So I'm curious, brother, you had a successful career as an athlete. And over the last 20 years, you've really transitioned to becoming a leader and a coach in the business world. So I'm, I'm curious. Sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. I know we've had some great conversations mm -hmm. about how sport is still, you know, a big part of your life with your kids. What is the biggest life lesson that you've learned from sport and, and is still something that you apply to your life today? Yeah, I, I think the number one piece is uh, you said transition. Uh, transition from leadership in sport to leadership in the business world. And I really don't see it that way. I don't see it as a transition at all. I see it as all the same. And um, it brings me back to a, a story when I was not quite sport related, but when I was eight or nine years old, I was in, in Cubs, uh, which is the scout, you know, Scouts Canada organization. And I was a, a leader of a group of six boys walking through the forest and we had to stumble, we had to hit a couple of checkpoints. And I remember as the leader uh, being completely lost, we're looking at our map, we're looking at our compass, we're looking down and wondering, you know, where, do we, where are we going from here? Uh, and I remember the whole group of younger boys looking to me and, and, and I'm like, I have no idea where we are, where we are but we're going this way. So just being able to be decisive, choose, set a course for a team and figure it out on your way, I think, you know, is when it started for me, when the leadership journey started to, for me. Uh, and I remember walking along the river, which was, uh, you know, roughly in the direction we were supposed to go. And we stumbled upon our checkpoint. And I looked around at the, the team and said, see, you know, if we pick a direction, we're going to find our way. And we did. And we were, we were good to go from then on. So, so there are also multiple leadership examples through sport where as a captain of a, of a basketball team uh, at halftime in the dressing room, how are we going to handle this, you know, 15 point deficit to come back and win the game? Uh, how are we going to leverage each other's strengths? How are we going to encourage each other? Uh, how are we going to do this for a common, uh, common goal being winning that game and the preparation required to win that game? And how do we do that and come together as a team leveraging everybody's strengths? So those are experiences uh, as you go through adversity, you go through difficult times, you go through growth experiences as a team that is really no different when you get into the corporate world. The only difference is it's not a physical manifestation of, of these skills or activities. It's more, what skills do I need my team to have to build, to grow together? What kind of adversity do we need to go through to make sure that we come together, gel as a team? How do we leverage each other's diverse thinking, each other's strengths and build upon those to really win? And, and the winning looks like a bunch of scoreboards. We have scoreboards in business. Business is all about math. We're all math companies. Um, and if we can make the math work and the scoreboard light up, everybody's 
you know, excited, happy, celebrating. And we really have a common goal being those numbers that we're trying to, you know, play with the, the metaphorical Rubik's cube to make the numbers go up. So, so very similar, very team-based environment going through adversity, learning about each other as people and how we can come together against some of those common goals. So, so there is no transition in my yeah. mind. It's exactly okay. the same thing and it's just continued, which is some of the, the greatest uh, uh, parts about business and fun is it's just like playing those sports we did as kids. I love what you share. And what I really heard from you again is, is those parallels, right? And, and I love how you are taking these same simple concepts, the, these ideas, right? That helped you be successful on the football field, on the basketball court, right? In scouts, and, and you're simply applying them in a different environment, right? In, in a different context. So I'm curious, is that something that you either have or you don't? Like, is it, is it possible from your experience to actually develop a leader? Like, is it nature versus nurture or, or kind of what has your experience been? Yeah, I, uh, my experience has been leadership is a, is a skill uh, that you can work on and get better in. Um, so whether it's envisioning the future, whether it's energizing your team, getting them excited, whether it's growing their capability, whether it's getting execution uh, of some of those ideas, there, there are certain vectors that you can work on, that you can learn about, that you can get better at, that you can practice uh, with your teams. And I would say I'm a far better leader today than I was 20 years ago than I was 30 years ago. And I think that uh, that is just a testament to practice, to learning from other great leaders, to having different coaches, to having different managers, different bosses. You know, in, in the corporate world, some people are like, well, I've had five bosses or managers or leader. I've had five different leaders over the last five years. Like, how am I? I'm like, wow, congratulations. You've had five great opportunities to learn. And you know those bad teachers you may have in school. You get, you get one bad teacher, you get a great teacher. You learn sometimes more than that less than ideal teacher or boss than you would from your best boss. So I think that those experiences over time really help form leaders and, and develop on different areas or elements of their leadership that, uh, that can be learned over time. So, and, and I would say we're always continuing our leadership journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I again, I, I love, you know, and what I'm really hearing from you, again, goes back to one of my favorite quotes, that Nelson Mandela quote, right? Like, I never lose, I either win or I learn. And it sounds like you treat every experience as an opportunity to celebrate a win or, hey, what can I learn from this, right? How can I grow from this? How can I get better? So I'm curious, you know, one of the things that really connected us, I, I know we, we connected on, on a call, you know, just kind of you know, catch it up, old teammates, right? And I sent an email to you probably a few months later, just saying, hey, here's this idea, Greatness Academy. We're looking at developing these leaders on and off the field through Football Ontario, taking a holistic approach of spirit, mind, and body. What completely fired me up was, I, th I think I got a response back from you within five minutes of sending that email. And you're like, yep. <laughs> So I'm curious, 
what inspired you to just make a decision and go, yes, this is something worth exploring? Because again, you, you, your time is in demand. You're a busy exec at, at a big multinational. Why do you think it's so important to elevate and empower the next generation of leaders? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I shared this before. Um, companies are often math companies, right? So really getting things going uh, on the math front uh, can, re can really drive the results of the business. And, and I remember one story when I was at my first company I was ever with, they brought in a, a sales leader from the 70s. And they, hey, what was it like? He had been retired for 20 years, 30, you know, 20 or 30 years at the time. And, and what was it like? And what he described, it was like 30 years ago, was exactly the same way it is today. So we have these retailers that are, you know, fighting us about this or, or pushing us this way, or these are the problems that we're having with our organization, with our company, with how we're trying to transform, with the, the restructure. And he just pretty much described today, which was the exact same as 30 years ago. So, and by the way, I've learned that it's gonna be the exact same 30 years from now, uh, from a business and problem solving perspective, they just might be different problems. But one thing that is, is different as you go through that journey is the people and the impact that you have on the people. And so having a real, um, uh, impact on people and a real desire to move their lives and their careers and their skills forward has been really the sweet spot on where I as a leader find the most excitement uh, to get engaged in my work is when I'm speaking with uh, one of my people or uh, you know somebody who who is a young up-and-comer with which who just needs a little bit of mentorship a little bit of direction a little bit of encouragement oftentimes uh, to really, you know, get them motivated, get their skill set up and get them delivering on great results. So the other thing that I've learned is that people get promoted uh, because of their leadership ability almost exclusively. Uh, so if you everything else we can hire for, we can hire a, a PhD in, uh, you know, in in data science uh, to do the math for us. Uh, but the leadership is what really uh, what really people get promoted based on and their ability to lead and move people to get and deliver great results. Yeah. So from your experience, would you say like you talked about, you know, let's hire great leaders, right? And leadership. Would you say that that is the most important quality, the ability to help move others forward to truly serve, as I talk about, you know, serve their heart. Like, is, would you say that is the separator between, let's say, a good leader and a great leader? Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, leadership is, uh, you know, people that are leaders in business, just like on the, think of the best coach you ever had on any sports team. They get more out of you. They demand more. Uh, they share more. There's a vulnerability there. Uh, they don't accept the status quo. They don't, they don't accept your saboteur voices saying that you can't do this. Uh, they push you. They develop you. They celebrate you. Uh, they get you excited to go back and do the things that are required to win when nobody's watching. Uh, and that part when nobody's watching, 
it, you know, you, you win or lose a game or you win or lose your athletic ability when no one's watching in the weight room, you know, on the, on the driveway shooting basketball, you know, the basketball, that's when you win or lose uh, your game or your, your athletic ability. Same thing goes uh, in the work world. When you're building those skills, when you're doing that work, you know, off hours sometimes, or when you're, when no one's watching is really, you know, when that comes together. So, so yes, uh, uh, leaders and, uh, and their ability to get you motivated and excited to go through a wall for them uh, is the same in the sports world as it is in the business world. And, and they're so almost directly comparable. It, it, it's, it, it's incredible. I love that. And again, these are simple ideas. And what I'm really hearing from you as we chat is just, again, success really is 95% mindset, 5% strategy, right? And you talked about like success on the field, in business, in health, in relationships really comes back to a few simple ideas consistently repeated over and over and over. Yeah, the, the one I was just jumping on there, as you, as you said that, uh, my dad always used to say, um, it's 90% mental, you know, uh, and however you can um, control your attitude, control how positive you deal with, with setbacks, however you can decide or choose how to view things from a growth mindset that you talked before or from a very positive, uh, positive intention perspective, uh, choose to be happy, choose an attitude that that is positive and encouraging of your teammates and of the people that you're leading. If you can choose that kind of, that attitude, that 90%, you know, my 90% mental, you know, attitude that can have a, have a massive difference. And that really comes to choosing to be disciplined, choosing to, uh, to play to the whistle. You know, my dad shared with me another time when he was playing football, the, the play was going the other way. Um, and, and you can have a tendency to just let up if the place, you know, going the other way and it's, it's very far away from you. And somebody came and just cleaned his clock, you know, cause the whistle hadn't gone. He was within the boundaries of the game. Uh, and that really resonated with me is when the play's going the way, the other way, you give your all for the entire time until the whistle. And I would say it's the same thing with business. <laughs> It's interesting that you talk about that, um, you know, that idea of what happens away from the play. And I think of like a sports analogy of why film is so important, right? Like you think back to our days at Western of why, you know, I remember our coaches saying film never lies. And, and it's interesting because those film sessions where, hey, you know, some of my best memories, I remember being around the boys and just watching film and, you know, the last there. But there were also those uncomfortable moments, right? Where you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to get exposed here. But in theory, yeah, it felt uncomfortable, but it actually made you more aware and you had the potential to get better from it because the coach would, would see something and you say, hey, no, this isn't good enough. Let's get better at this. Mm -hmm. So it just reminded me of some great memories of. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, when no one's watching, <laughs> but people are watching. Right. Yeah. I think that that's the key on the, on game days. Right. Yeah. So if you live your life like you're on film all the time, mm. what would be different? OK, so I, I'm curious, 
you know, not only have you been a leader in the business, like you've always been a great leader. I, I still remember, you know, coming to Western as first year, always looking up to you because one, what always struck me was you, you always invested into getting to know us. Like it didn't matter that you were in fourth year, that we were in, in first year. It was like, you, you, you really tried to make us feel like part of the family, as cliche as that is. But you've also, in, in the, over this time, in, in this parallel, you've spent time coaching. So, so I'm curious, why is coaching, mentorship so important if you are committed to reaching your next level of greatness in any area of life? Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, um, the piece on knowing people. Uh, it's funny you say that. I don't, I don't necessarily remember that, but I do remember it being a really important uh, part of my life is really getting to know people that I work with. And I start every one-on-one -on -one with each of my direct reports, which I have, you know, almost 10 of them is, uh, is I go with, let's talk about you first. What's going on with you? How was your weekend? What, what are you looking forward to? And really getting to know them and what's going on in their world. Uh, and to really get the most out of them, uh, getting to know them is a great start and what makes them tick and really understanding them. So, so never discounting that and really getting into it and, and peeling the, the onion back uh, uh, personally before you get into the long list of work stuff that they have to do. Because, it, you know, the, the person is whole. They, they're not just a, a worker and then a personal person that they're, they're together. Um, but I would say uh, coaching for me and developing others is really where you can uh, get the most out of people and you can get them to, um, to deliver greatness uh, and get them to stretch and grow and, and, and what, what would I say, um, surprise themselves with the results they're able to achieve. So, so coaching is important to me because a, I love to develop and grow people. I get lots of personal satisfaction out of that, more so than any number. If I got, had a shipment index of, uh, you know, 15% growth on, on a business, I would remember the impact I had on the person who delivered that far more than I would that 15% number, if you will. So, so really helping people along in their goals, meet, you know, achieving their goals, uh, both personally and professionally, uh, winning together, having celebrations together as a team. Think about the, you know, the World Series when they're blasting champagne with each other as a team. Those team wins are things that are, uh, you know, extremely uh, fun, great to remember, and, and, and celebrating together as a team is, is what you often get when, you're, uh, when you've, you've got a great coach and a, and a great, uh, great vision with, with skills that you're building together, yeah? <laughs> So, you know, what, what I really heard from you, right, is a great coach, and, and you can think to any leader you've been around, right, is someone who sees for you possibilities that you might not even see, right? Like they see your, your, your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. So I guess my question to you, do you believe it's important that everyone has a coach or mentor in their life? Yeah, I think... Uh... Uh, having coaches and mentors is really what I, where I would, what I would say is where the learning comes from. Uh, so personal growth is an extremely important element in my life and in our family's life. 
And the way I've found that you can grow the most is by looking at people that you respect and want to be like and want to learn uh, about what got them where they are or, you know, how they did things. Uh, I really look at uh, uh, that as a, uh, what would I say, a, um, a, a humble approach and really understanding that people that have gone before you, uh, that person that has been at the company for 30 years and has done what you're doing 30 times in a row, they're probably really good at it. So why not go and ask them how they do it? They would love to help you with it. Correct the one or two things, one or two things that they think would work better and go and go and run with it. Once you run with that, you know, with a 30 year vets ideas um, and get great results, share them back with them and they get super energized about that. So mentorship from a, a very humble perspective that there are people that have been around longer than me that have a, a lot to teach me. Uh, how can I go toward them and really understand um, uh, how they did it, what, what work I'm working on so that they can help me with it. I also do that up in the organization. So if there are people above me in the organization, they're like that because they've proven that they've got better ideas, that they're smarter at getting those things to work. So I want to go to those people, get their thoughts, get their better thinking, implement it on my business, and then I'll get better results, which the company appreciates, you know? Uh, so so I would say that coaching and mentorship never stops. I'm constantly reaching out to other people like that. I've got my own coach. Uh, being a coach myself, I'd be a little bit of a hypocrite if I didn't have my own uh, executive coach, and I do. And he pushes me uh, into areas that are uncomfortable. Uh, he supports me. He shows me the mirror of the greatness inside me. Uh, that allows me to really see the areas that I can have a big difference on people. And, and without having a coach that's watching you, that's really uh, reflecting back your thoughts and ideas on you, I'd find your results might be a little bit less than they could otherwise. And I love how you share that, right? That like that simple idea. It's 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 really to help you, right? It's help you, it's it's to help you get to where you want to go faster. And with greater ease, right? Doesn't mean that it's going to feel all like sunshines and rainbows, yeah. right? As we've talked about, right? Like having a great coach, they're going to challenge you, right? They're they're going to call you on your BS, which again, they have your best interest at heart. So I'm curious with you, and I know this was something we chatted about before we coming on. It's interesting that as we grow up, and any athlete that's played at a high level understands this, we got better as athletes having, you know, people with specialized knowledge, right? People that were helping us get better. So from your experience, what happens? Because we obviously understand the importance. We, we are open to being coached in our younger years. And then all of a sudden we, in this, I know, transition to adulthood, yeah. we, the, the mind kind of closes, right? Where we're like, oh, I can figure it out. Like, it's, it's almost like there's this glorification of all oh, I can figure it out myself I, I don't need help and I mean I I've been there right like I mm -hmm. so I'm curious from you from your experience what closes people's minds to the power of coaching from your experience um yeah that's a good question I think um very similar to what you said I am now uh, you know if you think about transitions in our lives we're done university 
I'm now done learning. <laughs> I am so glad I don't ever have to hit the books again. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually not true. That, that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I think that uh, I was very fortunate enough to get into a company that had a promote from within uh, philosophy, which meant everybody had to teach the new people um, everything about the company, uh, how to do your job, all of that stuff. So learning and development never stopped for me. I had a robust 52-week training plan my first year on the job, which was very structured with materials to read, uh, with courses to take, with practice to do, you know, in front of, uh, you know, practicing your job with coaches, watching every move that you, that you make. And I, I, I was fortunate enough to have that for the fifth, first 15 years of my, of my career. Um, also part of it became teaching. So as you start doing things for five years, you start getting better at them and you can become the teacher. And there's great learning in becoming the teacher. You have to know the material far better uh, if you're going to teach it, then if you're just going to learn it. So, so there was that transition as well that I, I think really, really helped. Uh, and along the way, personal growth has become a really important value uh, to me. And, and that investment that we made in university, I remember having to go in and pay the university deposits on all of my education. <laughs> I've continued to invest uh, in, in reading, in courses, in coaching, uh, in certifications, in professional and personal development throughout my life, uh, even though I'm, you know, 25 years out of school, I've been at school for a long time. So I think that it's just a, it, a mindset difference where people may close themselves off and say, hey, that was really hard, all of that school, all of that learning, all that growth, all that development that I did. But people that really understand it learn that with more growth, more development, more learning, things become far easier and you're able to have a capacity to take on hard, difficult um, tasks and, and, and you can do it with ease if you have the capability. So continuing to build and grow your capability, I think is a hugely important thing. You know, I, I love what you're sharing and, you know, something that we were chatting about earlier was this idea of, I'm a firm believer that what you invest in is shows what you're committed to growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I would just challenge everyone again, what you are investing in currently, you are committed to growing. And, and what I mean by that is I, I find it interesting. And this is where my curiosity always takes me is we have insurance policies on our houses or our rental property. We, we have the place we rent. We have insurance on our car. We have insurance on, I mean, Rogers even offered me that I can insure a phone. I don't really know why, but good for them. But really the true power is learning to invest into your greatest resource, which is yourself, right? So I guess my question to you is, From your experience, you know, coaching, working with the people, how open-minded are the highest performers, the most successful people in any area of life? Yeah, the, the, I would say they're the openest of minds. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, best, the best performers are always trying to learn. They're always uh, 
double clicking on, you know, on every element of their life to learn more, uh, to understand more, to find the tricks or the, the habits of those people that are doing it best. Uh, and the best performers are extremely curious uh, and never lose that curiosity. So I would say um, our best leaders that I've come across are the curious ones, not the judgmental ones, the ones that are really open-minded and really double-click to, to understand what you mean by what you're saying. If they don't understand, they don't jump to conclusions about what it might be. They actually dig a little bit deeper with a curious mindset to understand you better. Uh, and that's what I would say is, is present in our best, most effective leaders is a curiosity, uh, you know, in their lives. I love that. And, and what I'm really hearing from you is, you know, ask questions from a place of, with the intention of being curious, right? Yeah. Instead of judgment. So I'm curious with you, you were mentioning earlier how personal growth, self-development, self-actualization is, it's embedded within your life. I know you, you mentioned before it's, it's, it's part of your family, right? You, right. You have a a strong and powerful wife that is also values it as well. And you you got two great kids. I'm curious, how has this curiosity, this, this willingness to be open to always be finding ways to do things better right? Uh, to, to, to improve yourself. How has that shown up for you and how has that impacted other areas of your life beyond just career? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say a couple of things like one, um, uh, our, as a family, uh, we put a bit of time into envisioning what our future could look like. Uh, and so we have a vision board, uh, a family vision board, uh, which is around a few things, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fulfillment. There are a bunch of Fs so that we can kind of remember them. uh, So I can just rhyme them off and there's only five of them there. And so uh, we've spent a bit of time on who are the family and friends that we want to spend the most time with. And we think that we're the sum of the, you've heard the, you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So pick those people uh, carefully. So we are very intentional and deliberate about what people uh, in our lives we spend time with. Uh, so, so I think that's, that's one thing that, that has really kind of got us going in the right direction. The other thing is it helps us prioritize uh, elements of our lives, elements that really, uh, really crank us up, get us going, get us exciting, excited, uh, and, and bring us joy so that we can program those into our lives. And it's now to the point where, you know, and one of those things are weekends with the boys or hanging out with my, my buddies that we played football together. Um, prior to calling that out as an important element in my life, uh, there would, there would be some tension. Okay. You're going away for a couple of days and we've got a couple of little kids here and, uh, you know, so there would be some tension, uh, until I called that out as an extremely fill my tank up type of activity. And once I did that, if there was a period of time that went by without seeing my buddies or the boys, uh, my wife would, would encourage me to really go do that so that I could get my tank filled up with that, with that joy that I get out of hanging out with those guys. So, so I think that um, having visions of the future, really calling out what your priorities are, what's important to you individually, and then as a family, 
uh, you can really be uh, rowing the boat in the same direction. Everybody can have clear understanding of each other. And, and that kind of mindset uh, uh, can really help, help you kind of move forward and get plans in place to achieve some of those goals. Now, separately, uh, each of our daughters have their own vision boards in their room. Uh, my wife has her own, I have my own, because that, you know, there are some individual elements that when put together as a family, uh, you can really kind of picture what our, what our life is gonna be like, yeah? Maybe an example of how this mindset or you know, coaching and envisioning the future has, has played out in our family. You know, it's interesting. Like I heard a, a couple things from you as you were sharing. One, what I heard from you was the importance of clarity, right? Be like getting crystal clear on, on what type of life you want to live. Mm -hmm. that, that was one thing. And the second thing I heard from that, once you get that clarity, how important it is that you must think and dream beyond your current circumstances, your current situation, your current results, mm -hmm. right? Because that will keep you stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, you said you have this natural curiosity. Is there anything that you do that really prompts you, that challenges you to, to think and dream bigger, like to tap into the power of the imagination? Yeah, I, I think a few things. Uh, one is, is reading. So I find reading uh, books by outstanding leaders um, uh, is, is one of those areas and, and from big thinkers. Uh, reading, reading books about people who think differently and maybe outcast from society uh, <laughs> because they're thinking or challenging the status quo too much. Uh, those are the kind of people that I enjoy learning about, reading about, and, um, uh, and that's how it can kind of help push things forward or look at things from a different perspective. So that's one is reading uh, from authors that are like that. The second one is I would say alone time. Uh, when I get alone time, uh, and my alone time I often see as when I'm doing some sort of physical activity or working out, it really is a way for me, it's a time that I reflect on things as well. So that alone time doing some sort of physical activity uh, uh, really, really helps clear my head, get me thinking. And, and for me personally, I do, I, I work out quite frequently. And after I'm finished my workouts, I'll jump in the hot tub. Uh, and that hot tub, you know, 10 minutes of hot tub time for me is thinking time when, you know, my mind is going and I'm thinking about, you know, where to go next, what, you know, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, like, as you share that, and what came up for me was, you know, it's, I think we're conditioned and programmed to believe, like, study how successful people, what they do. But what I really heard from you was study how they think. And what I mean by that is, you know, you take a look at the people that have really changed the world, those people that have challenged the status quo, whether it's someone like Walt Disney, mm -hmm. whether it's someone like the Wright brothers, right? Uh, Marconi, right? Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. And it's interesting when you really look at these people, you know, they were deemed like being crazy, right? Being eccentric and, and all these ideas, but their ideas, their quote unquote crazy ideas have come up with some of the biggest life transforming 
you know, products, right? Services, whatever, ideas that have changed the way we live. Yeah. So I guess I, my question, and this is where my curiosity starts to peak. What is it inside of people that, cha- that really sparks that curiosity that gets them to challenge the status quo? Like, is there an aha where, or do you, like, do you think some people are just born with that gift? Or do you think it's just, yeah, what, what do you think prompts that? The prompts, the Walt Disney's, the, the Wright brothers, the Thomas Edison's, the, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk of the world to think so big and to let, you know, to become truly limitless, to think in possibility. Yeah, two, two things come to mind are learning about others, but, you know, the Wright brothers, you know, as an example of oh, if they did something that crazy, maybe I could too. Maybe what, maybe my crazy dream uh, could actually come true and deliver amazing results for whatever problem is trying to solve. Maybe that could be true. Uh, so seeing examples, I think, uh, and being brought up with curi- around curious people uh, that if you could imagine, um, uh, I, I, there was one story about... Uh, Uh, I think it was either, maybe it was Thomas Edison or something like that, uh, got sent home in grade school uh, because they were really struggling. And and the teacher said, um, uh, well, maybe it wasn't the teacher that said, the mother said, hey, you got sent home and I'm going to homeschool you because you are too brilliant for that school. Uh, And so Thomas Edison lived his life and was homeschooled thinking he was too brilliant for that school. Um, whereas in reality, the teacher had said he was struggling too much and can't keep up and he's holding those classmates back. Uh, and so his mother actually translated that into something that turned him into an amazing thought leader. And I think what she did there was she provided him confidence. She pumped his tires. Uh, she blew him up. She made him bigger. Uh, and that's one thing that I think those leaders need around them when they're growing up is someone who makes them bigger. Uh, And too often in companies or corporate cultures or in the world, frankly, uh, we try to make people fit into what the corporate, you know, or the whatever company's history is. You know, you have to go down this path. You can't go and stray and do something crazy. You have to think in black and white. You cannot think in color. And so we try to whittle these people into a certain mold and the curious leaders, the leaders that are, that, that really encourage divergent thinking are the leaders that will really get great results and breakthrough results, home runs uh, out of their organization versus hitting singles all day. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, I think it's two things. One, they see examples all the time of people doing things that, that change the world. And two, they have been brought up with enough confidence and enough confidence in their ability and their idea to be passionate enough to see it through until the end, because it's a hard road uh, to, to, to chop that wood down every single time you, ha- you come across it, yeah? You know, I, I, I love what you're sharing there, Adam. And really what came up for me was, you know, what evidence do you see? Why not you, right? And, and I think that that's a powerful question. Why not me, right? Other people have done it. Why not me? And I know we've, 
you know, again, my curiosity always goes, okay, um, what holds people back from, from, from developing that belief, right? Why not me? Right. And I, I think back to some of the times where I was maybe feeling stuck. And it's interesting that I think back to, we're talking about someone like Walt Disney. And one thing I learned about Walt Disney was that his first ideas, his first drawings were actually turned down. I think it was by the LA Times. And their feedback was, there's not enough imagination. There's not enough creativity there. So very similar to your story on, on Thomas Edison. And I love that story. I've heard that one many times. I know one of my coaches and mentors talks about that one. And, and what it really brings me back to is this idea that other people's opinions of you are none of your concern. Yeah. And I find that just as I've learned that, as I have learned how to actually apply that and embody that within me, life just becomes filled, like you said, with, with more love, with more joy, with more peace, because you like, you're running your own race as cliche as it is. Yeah. Right. So I get, so my question is how important is it? Right. So, so again, are, you know, your kids are, are blessed to have parents that, that value personal growth and self-development that invest into themselves, that work with coaches. Right. So what can we do? Like where, I guess this is where my mind goes coming from education. What can we do to start to embed some of these important life lessons around this idea of like growth, about confidence, about getting clarity? Like how can we start to, what can we do to start to embed these ideas and, and teach these things to more people that maybe don't have parents like yourself that are teaching these things every day at home? Yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, the lifelong learning piece is, is an interesting one that, that the more we can make learning fun, uh, get people to learn in areas that they're extremely excited about, you know, that can help drive a lot more uh, uptake in, in, that, in that regard. So being able to offer variety, uh, offer different areas to go into for, for folks, I, I think that that's really, you know, one thing that, that can help with this. Uh, the other thing is, I think, is confidence building. I think that uh, confidence has been the greatest, uh, it is the greatest currency uh, that if invested well, um, uh, I, I think can, can, can change the world. And really, it's about confidence. What confidence is to me is about hard things, doing difficult things never doing anything for a kid, for a child, for a teenager that they can do themselves, making them do it, forcing them to do it, forcing them to have difficult, challenging, heart-wrenching as a parent experiences that you know it's going to be better for them. It's very much like building and growing a muscle. The only way to grow a muscle is to tear it. Uh, so you need to have our children be torn uh, so that they can patch up those muscle fibers themselves and build that confidence that they have to go off and accomplish greatness in their lives. Because that's one of the biggest things that is present in almost any of those outstanding leaders is a level of confidence um, uh, to pick a choice or to pick a direction or to make a tough decision, to see how it goes. The, the optimism that it's going to turn out right, um, 
you know, so, so I think that that's really uh, one, making sure that there's enough variety for people to be able to move and learn in their passions. And the second is to make sure that they are building confidence through every single thing they do in a day. Yeah. That it, and usually uh, diamonds are built under pressure, right? So giving kids multiple opportunities to be under pressure is I think a huge thing that the society today is not doing a great job of. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, I'm going to play the what if game. What if we elevated and empowered this generation of young people to be able to develop that confidence, to have it, to embody it during those times of challenge, of adversity, of when obstacles they're facing? What, in your opinion, is possible in the world? Yeah, I think the answer is whatever they want, you know, would be, I think, the biggest thing. I, I remember uh, um, my daughter uh, plays rep soccer uh, and she was, you know, on the good, there's two, there were two teams, an A team and a B team. And she was on the A team uh, and her coach actually put her down on the B team to practice with the B team for a while to work on her foot skills, uh, give her a little bit more time. Um, uh, have a little bit more foot on the ball, touches to the ball, uh, before somebody was on her to get rid of, to get rid of the ball. Uh, she, had, she was probably about eight or nine at the time and was very upset that she was on the B team. Uh, so she was wanting to have a, a, us discuss with the coaches about what's going on, why is this happening, a couple of weeks of thinking about it, of being very upset about it, jumping to conclusions about it, and uh, my wife and I made her have the conversation uh, with the coach. So we say, hey, three, there were three coaches at the time. Our daughter is going to have a conversation about this B team you know, situation. And so they went in, she went in with a list of 10 things to talk to her coaches about by herself, one on three as a nine-year-old uh, and had the conversation by herself with her coaches about what she thought was right for her. Uh, and the coaches are like, are you guys going to come in? And we're like, no. <laughs> so there, she was fighting back tears the whole time, but was able to, you know, uh, state her case uh, with the coaches. Uh, and she was later able to um, get back on the A team, build her foot skills and become, she's now the captain of her soccer, soccer team. So that's a, a, an example of a very difficult thing that had some tears behind it that she was able to do. And now she's able to go and do those things with any other difficult elements in her life. We, were, we say, remember that time you had to stand up for yourself in front of your coaches? You can do this one. Uh, so she's building a track record of doing difficult things uh, that when those dreams that she has that are going to change the world come up, she'll be like, I can do those too. I've been building this this resume of difficulty um, throughout my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, you know, as I listen to your stories, you, you know, I know confidence has come up a fair number of times, right? And I'm a firm believer confidence creates champions. But what I really heard from you there is it's earned confidence. And you earn your confidence by consistently doing the right, the things that make you feel uncomfortable that you don't want to do. And 
that's how a simple idea, right? Is how you take your power back. Yeah. If things are getting easy for you, if that job you're about to take is going to be easy for you, if you're not a bit scared, if it's not out of your comfort zone, if it's um, easy, um, now you should be scared. <laughs> and, and that's a good red flag for anything in your life. If you're not challenged, not challenging yourself, it's time to move. So brother, I want to be respectful of your time. So I have one last question for you. If you could go back, let's say to your 10 year old self and you had 30 seconds to share with him one idea, you know, that one idea that would, you know, that would change his life. What, what would that one idea be? The idea would say, would be, um, take the hard path, do the difficult thing, do it with discipline, uh, have a dream and take the baby steps, uh, one step at a time required, uh, to meet, meet that dream. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what I would share. And, and to my nine or 10 year old self. Yeah. I love it. What I heard there was consistent in that consistent and focused action, right? Towards your goals yeah. and dreams. Yeah. Okay. So brother, I, I'm curious if anyone out there has any questions or, you know, maybe they, they have a, a big dream that they want to share. Is there any way where people can connect with you, you know, follow you? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the best way uh, is through email. Um, and I'll just give my email address. It's amacloud14 at rogers.com. Yeah, that should work. Yeah. Hey, I love it. And uh, I love just so simple. So simple. Yeah. So brother, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge you for the man you are, right? The, the great husband you are, the great dad, the great coach, leader, you know, teacher, mentor, but most importantly, the amazing human being you are, Adam. You know, the one thing that's really been on my heart since, since we've spent this time reconnecting is how much you just are, how open you are and willing to just pour into others, right? Like, you know, sending you that email and within five minutes, you know, yes, let's do it. And, and how you've just been like, so open to just, you know, how can we think, how can we do this bigger? How can we dream bigger? And, and I just love that because, you know, I'm self-aware enough to realize that I need people like you in my life that, that, that stretch me, that push me to think and dream bigger. So I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, brother, thank you so much for, for being, you know, an important part in my life. Yeah, and I would echo that back to you. Uh, our reconnection has, uh, has stretched me, grown me and uh, uh, sparked an amount of excitement in me that uh, I'm extremely appreciative of. And I am so enthused to see where this Greatness Academy goes and just seeing all the people, all the young people we get to serve and just inspire them with these ideas. Yeah, cool. So folks, here is my challenge to you. And I remind you every week in the huddle that knowledge is potential power. It's the focus and consistent application of that great knowledge 
that actually creates great results. So my challenge to you is take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom that Adam has shared with you today and go apply it to your life. And when you consistently do that, that you'll be well on your way to reaching your next level of greatness. As always, I love the feedback. I love the comments. I love knowing what resonated with you. Please keep sharing it away. And most importantly, I will see you next time in the huddle. Have a great day, everyone.